everybody, I'm Chase, that is EK, and we are bad at magic. Which is true, but not really, but kind of, but sorta. Um, anyways, <laughs> this is a podcast where we talk about how even though we are kind of sort of professionals at magic, uh, specifically Commander, we're also really bad at magic. Because um, the first step to being kind of good at something is being really bad at something. This episode is our first episode, and we wanted to kick things off by talking about how to do the thing in Commander and what happens if you can't do it. So, enjoy! Garbage place. Garbage dumpster nightmare place. When I go back there and visit, there's a second Starbucks and people have moved there from my old Starbucks. And when I see them, they're like, Chase, oh my God, have you heard? The old Starbucks is awful. And I'm like, tell me something I didn't know. <laughs> it was horrible. <laughs> anyway. Are you ready? <laughs> I'm ready. Let's let's talk about this. Let's talk about this cool wow. thing. Wow. Okay, you- rats. Yeah. Let's talk about this. I don't... You make those references. I don't watch Good Mythical Morning. I did I did for a while. I got like really into it. Yeah. Uh I just I honestly I was just watching it to see how they edited the show. That's kind of what I do now with content too. I'm like huh? my favorite thing is to find little jump cuts. And I'm like, you did a jump cut there, friend. Um, anyways, let's let's talk about this thing that you found because um it is not something that I when I saw it, I was like, oh cool, an interesting thing. I did not think any more about it <laughs> until you showed oh, it to me. The what? The tweet. The tweet. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, this this tweet is from Sam Black. And uh, for those that don't know, Sam Black is actually, like, one of the most casual commander players out there and plays more commander than, like, most commander players combined. Uh, and it, it goes something like an observation about a thing that seems normal in commander players that I'd never saw in tournaments. I built this deck to do a thing. You stopped me. I can't win, so I concede. For me, that's where the game would get interesting because you still have creatures and spells and everything like that. You can make it happen. He follows it up by saying, I know some people just want to do a thing, but it's hard for me to relate to only wanting to win that way and not sometimes finding out what else your deck can do. So I I think my initial take when I saw this was I my brain immediately went to salt because like, I don't know, when I build, I really try not to be a salty person, especially since I stream now. And, you know, like you don't want to be like publicly salty. But like sometimes when I have like a deck that does like one major thing and it gets stopped, I just want to like scoop because I'm like so salty about it. I'm like, man, the one thing I wanted to do <laughs> now I can't do it. And so it kind of makes me... It's especially demoralizing, like, if you hadn't done anything in the game up until then, too. Yes. Yeah. If you've been doing stuff the whole game and then, like, your one, like, big thing gets stopped, I think that's a little bit different than not doing anything at all. I feel that way a lot, like, with, like, my Chandra deck, because, like... Back in the day, it didn't used to have, like, what I consider, like, plan Bs and plan Cs and stuff. The main goal was to ultimate my commander 
deal um, a butt ton of damage to everybody and then they get an emblem and then they keep taking damage on upkeep. But planeswalkers are so fragile. Fun fact, if you did not know that, um, little no magic fact. So when my commander would get knocked down in loyalty and I could not alter, I was like, well, I, I'm doing nothing. And I would feel so sad. Expecting to ultimate a Planeswalker in the first place is Magical Christmas Land. Like, you play a Planeswalker assuming that that ability is <laughs> never going to happen. I live you in don't Magical play, Christmas You don't play Land. a Planeswalker for the ultimate. You play it for the other abilities. Nope. I play it for the ultimate. <laughs> That's the whole deck is the ultimate. I you, you do have, like, other ways of, like, getting there, though. Yeah. Or, now um, I do. Yeah. It's funny, like you, when you when you said, "Oh, like my Chandra deck this, my Chandra deck that," and I'm like, "Chase, I don't think I've ever seen your deck win the same way twice ever. Like it yeah. always does a different thing every game. Almost like you designed it to do that." Well, it took me a while to do that because originally I got so tired of like not being able to do like the one thing that I was like, "Okay, um, maybe maybe I could be a little flexible." And so I, uh, I, I call them alt win conditions, but you and I have had this conversation where like, when we think of alt win cons, we think of stuff like Helix Pinnacle or like mm -hmm. Azers, Electors or whatever. Yeah. Um, I think of alt win cons as like, my deck has a thing and then my deck has like other things like plans B through F or whatever. Yeah. Those cards don't necessarily say win the game, but yeah. they are another way to win the game. Yes, yeah. exactly. Like um, in Chandra, I was like, "Wow, G Willikers, running a <laughs> running a deck with only twelve creatures and like seventeen planeswalkers sure is <laughs> a little rough for me. Maybe I should uh, find other ways to fix this." So like I um, I added in um, Sarkon uh, the Masterless as like an alt win con quote unquote a Plan B quote unquote because uh, hey. he turns all my planeswalkers into creatures. So you said you only had 12 creatures in the deck, but you really have 29. That's, that's pretty I big I mean, brain. yeah. <laughs> I mean, if I get Sarkon out, yes. It's great. You also have Luxior in that deck, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I have I have died to commander damage from Luxior. To be fair, you you let me. You let me. it was me. cool. It was cool. Out of context, the edit on that was amazing. No one knew. <laughs> no one knew. <laughs> that clip went viral so and now they know the little yeah the little now they know to watch out for luxior luxior is so good and it's actually i also found out that luxior is also a form of protection in shauna i know i'm getting mm -hmm. us off topic on specifically my shauna deck but like it, it's it was a way to pr protect my commander because it doesn't make your commander a planeswalker anymore it makes it a creature but it can still activate its loyalty abilities as though it were a planeswalker. So it was another way to like add protection, which was also another way to achieve me doing the thing, which is super helpful. I mean, it just in general, like one of those things that a lot of people will ask me is how do I make my deck do the thing a lot more yeah. often? And one of the, like tutors, tutors withstanding, because that's, you know, that's a thing that you can do. Mm -hmm. You could also just protect the things that you are playing in the first place. You know, yeah. you play your heroic interventions, you play your Teferi's protections and, you know, I don't know your dark steel plate. If you're playing like a commander damage strategy, like mm -hmm. just making sure that the stuff you do cast either isn't countered or sticks on the board 
that's a pretty easy way of making sure that you can do something. And I, I mean, we've talked about that. I talk about this a lot on my, on my deck building stream, actually. Um, like another way to like ensure that you're going to do the thing. And obviously this, this varies for commander decks, if I'm being completely honest, but, um, redundancy, I, I, I really like redundancy. And I know a lot of people are like, you know, why are you running like five instances of this? You can cut one. And I'm like, well, yeah, but you have to remember you're in a card pool of like 99 or 98 if you have partners. So your, your card pool, it's, it's literally like a drop in a bucket. Like I've had people tell me like run a counter spell and I'm like, well, I, if we're going to run, run, I want to run at least four more or five more so I can draw into it consistently. It gets complicated because then you're saying, well, you got to cut, you got to cut meat so that you can have this and you got to cut the cool card so you can have the not so cool card that makes the other cool card work. Mm. You're, You're telling people at that point to cut pet cards for like, optimal cards and it's not always gonna apply but at the end of the day like advice is still just advice you don't have to listen to it Mm -hmm. but realistically speaking like consistency does matter and the nature of commander is that it's inconsistent you can make it as consistent as can be but there's a fine line between you know doing that and like the true spirit of the format which is like embracing chaos and Mm -hmm. randomness and the fun that you can find in that i try i try to avoid like running tutors because i know you brought up tutors like that's like a definite way to like make sure your deck does the thing but i find that that to me and this is no way against anyone who plays tutors if you like tutors dope i run tutors in some of my decks but like i find it to be less thrilling when i tutor for it than if i like naturally draw for it so like example on my deck building stream i built um the new uh uh, melding urza commander um and we put in a couple tutors in there to get uh the might and weak stone so that we can meld our commander and get him out pretty quick um i i played i played my land for turn and then on turn two, I drew my card and I drew the Might and Weak Stone. And I was like, oh, my God. Yes, never didn't have it. Like, it was very exciting because I didn't have to tutor for it. But like, tutoring for it, it's like, okay, yeah, I tutor. I get it to hand or I get it to top of library. And, like, it gets you to do the thing. But, like, the concept of the thing, I think, is more exciting if you kind of luck into it than yeah. if you kind of manufacture that yourself. And, like, you can manufacture it, but I just enjoy it more the other way. I think there's something to be said there, like, you know, your deck should have multiple the things at that rate. Yeah. Like if you if you are all in on one singular thing, like, yeah, run, run tutors. If like if you want the one specific thing to happen, like if you want to meld Urza every time, mm-hmm. if you want to make Brazella every game that you're playing with Bruna and Gisela, run all the different ways to make that happen. Like that is the thing that your deck wants to do. And that's what you want. Make it happen as much as possible. If you don't want to do that, run a couple different things. Like, you're, or, I'm going to keep harping on your Chandra deck. Like, mm-hmm. you have Luxior. <laughs> that's a thing. You have Chandra emblems with fiery emancipation. That's another thing. You know, mm-hmm. you have Sarkin. Another thing. I, I've been harping on my Jetmir deck lately, mm-hmm. which is like animated lands with myriad. I don't need to give my lands myriad to like do a thing. Like I can mm-hmm. play Liege of the Tangle and make them all eight eights. I can play yeah. Ragga Draga and have all of my lands be four fours. Like there's mm-hmm. 
little varying degrees of things that you can build into your decks that you can derive fun from. I I I definitely think that it's harder with like certain commanders than other. Yeah. Others. Oh yeah. There's so many commanders that are like so linear that like that's it. Like that's their thing. And there are other commanders that are open. So like for for Locust God, I'm I'll use Locust God as an example because like he has like two things he can do. Um the text box is super straightforward. Yeah. Wheel, get bugs, swing, win. Now you can run other wing cons in there. Like I run um as my plan B's and C's. Um like uh Lab Labman. I run Labman and Jace. I have um an infinite combo in there. I have um and originally, actually my deck didn't originally have this, but because I the deck is so straightforward. Um, people know where to like nuke it so that it, yeah. it kind of falls apart that I actually as a um, as a backup plan which is perfect for what we're talking about I, I put this in there as another way to do the thing I put in a Strixhaven Stadium uh, because I'm like cool boom it is literally a baked in like oh if I can't if I don't have Locust got out as long as I have some bodies I can build up and make at least one person lose the game and eventually pick people off one by one but like I didn't have that in the beginning. And so I kept on going, okay, well, Locust God is like now 13 mana. <laughs> I can't cast him because I'm To broke. be fair, you also did have that deck before Strixhaven was released. So it makes it makes sense that you didn't have Strixhaven Stadium in the deck for a while. Yeah. <laughs> it was a hard sell for me, though. I was like, I don't yeah. want to run it. I look at a card like Locust God. And yeah. like you said, Locust God just says, draw cards, get bugs, go swing. And I look at a card like Samut that literally just says, your creatures have haste. You can tap her and untap something. There is a huge world mm-hmm. of difference between a card like that and an open-ended yeah. card that is more built around what's in its 99 than what's mm-hmm. in the command zone. Like yes. you could even use you could even use like Chulane and Corvold. You know, I know everyone always talks about Chulane and Corvold as like the generic do everything commanders but it's Mm kind of true like your deck i wouldn't say necessarily builds itself but building the deck is immensely easier than building samut or building like chandra yeah i mean there's a clear path like you go okay i know i need to sack stuff if i'm gonna sack stuff in um corvold i know i'm gonna need a jury you know i know i'm Mm -hmm. gonna need um a mayhem devil or stuff like that like you already have like key pieces that are baked into there but like if you have um samut is a great example or even i have a cedrus deck um and people expect me to do one thing with it but i don't do the thing that people expect me to do which is very interesting you're not doing mean stuff reanimator like big big bombs yeah, I got hard targeted at a at a pod at my LGS. John and Jacob, I'm watching you. Um, they, they they're like, we expected you to like get out Eldrazi, and I'm like, this is a treasures deck, gentlemen. This is this is just me playing with cryptocurrency. To be fair, mm-hmm. that Cedrus deck of yours is absolutely absurd, and I've it never is. not seen it do the thing. It's fun, but that's because your thing is literally just make a lot of mana and do something with that mana. The bar is, the bar is a lot lower for doing the thing than other decks. Well, that's true because my thing is treasure and treasure was literally nothing. And now it's this big thing. So like also like choosing your accessibility to the thing. I also think is a very important thing. Cause like treasures is easy. 
because you have Dockside, boom. I'm not in white with Cedrus. You have Smothering Tide, though. You can do Treasures and Greed, Bootlegger, Stash, Old Gnawbone. Like, there's like, if, if you want to do a Treasures name, that's so much easier to achieve the thing than if you were like, I want to, I want to animate my blood tokens. Those are two completely different things. I I feel called out right now <laughs> because my things are usually like ten to fifteen mana to yeah. start. But I also run like 25 pieces of ramp in all of my decks. Yeah, I've noticed that. You're a green boy. Because I know like, hey, if I love doing big mana stuff, I need a lot of mana. So Mm. I'm going to dedicate a lot of slots in my deck to like Mm. making sure that I have the ability to do the thing in the first place. And that's, that's actually like not something that's unreasonable to think about either. Like, you know, how many lands are you running in a deck? How much ramp are you running? Mm. How much... How much card draw are you running to even like get to the thing in your preparation? Deck in yeah, the first place. You need like, that. You you can't have all steak without sizzle. Like the grill still has to be hot <laughs> for that steak to cook. <laughs> I like this cooking metaphor. I'm hungry. I just recently okay. heard. <laughs> I just ate. Um, actually, okay. I spent fourteen dollars on a burger and it was cold when I got home and I reheated it and it was garbage and I wasted fourteen dollars. I'm really sad about it, but. <laughs> I, I it, feel even worse now. <laughs> I know. So I'm really bummed about it. I'm like, that was $14. Could have bought a Blu-ray. Um, but I, I feel like when it comes to like the thing, being like prepared to like achieve your thing. And also, um, I guess like this is also maybe like a combo search conversation too, I suppose. But like how many pieces you need to do yeah. to make the thing. I mean, oh, we talked about redundancy but like streamlining that process, I think is also very interesting or, 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 um, uh, diversifying it as well. Cause, um, like for instance, in Cedrus, I, I like to win not by sacking things like with like Disciple of the Vault or Mayhem Devil. I like to win by animating my treasure tokens and then swinging out. And there are two ways to do this. And I run both of those ways because I want to make sure that I hit that. So it's like Cyber Drive Awakener and uh, Rise and Shine and just swing hey i wonder who gave you that idea by the way i don't remember but i feel like it's probably you it 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 was i have a gold that was that was on my list of uh hey you're not running these cards in your deck but they would be really funny i mean it was and it's good because uh fun fact cyber drive awakener is in fact a blue crater hearth behemoth and i will fight anybody who disagrees with me on that that turns all your junk into nonsense you it's like what four dreams? there are four fours and flying and like, flying. I, know, I know rise and shine is just four fours yeah rise and shine is just four fours although i will say i like rise and shine a lot less now because i thought it was an and i thought it was an until end of turn ability turns out they stay four fours forever <laughs> and i didn't know that that's why it's good in my yeah. opinion no, Cyber Drive Awakener is only till end of turn, but chances yeah. are, like you said, it's it's blue crater huff. You're trying to win right there. So yeah. it doesn't it doesn't need to to last. I agree. So what do you what do you do if your deck isn't doing the thing or your thing gets stopped? Like how how are you approaching that game or that like social dynamic from there? Because I think that's something that not a lot of people think about. Mm-hmm. So I, uh, first I panic, um, and then I go through all, what is it? Five or seven stages of grief. 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I, uh, Everything that know, can I've, go wrong has gone wrong. Where do you, know, you go bargain, from here? I cry. <laughs> I accept, you know, stuff like that. Um, mm. But for me, it's a couple things. Because, like, mid-game, what I'd really try to do is I just try to, like, I try to, like, think of the things in my deck that I know can do a lot or can it or do a lot of damage or maybe disassemble something on their board it really depends on like what has stopped me from doing my thing because in chandra for instance really good example blessed sanctuary if, if my opponent has a blessed sanctuary i'm shut down and i don't really have um a way to deal non-combat damage so i'm like okay what can i do i'm like i could you know just do old-fashioned combat which is why i put in sarkon was like because my deck has so few creatures you know um move to combat in in all honesty i feel like this step for me happens after the game is over because then i can assess my my deck list and i go okay um i got hosed i got tanked <laughs> what can i yeah. do to prevent this in the future and like i try to find cards that like serve me a function or serve me a purpose in my list for the 90 percent of the time and the 10 percent of the time where my thing gets shut off or hosed down you know, they're there as a backup. And that's kind of what I like to do is just kind of tweak my list and deck building strategies. Do you ever feel like you over-engineer though? Because uh, I know I feel guilty of doing that no, fairly often. I, don't. I, 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 it's weird because when I, when I deck build on stream, I get a lot of people, and this is why I like deck building on stream. Because You get other people's that, experiences, right? Yes. Oh my god. When I was building one deck, somebody was like, you need to run um, oh my god, I think it was like Void Mirror. It's like, why do I need to run Void Mirror? And the person was like, oh well, my meta has a huge you know, pool of Eldrazi. I'm like, okay, mine definitely doesn't. But it's interesting that yours does because, you know, fun fact, people exist outside of our perspectives. <laughs> and I know that might sound weird, but like, I always forget that there are other people in other pods and metas and stuff. <laughs> the twitch like i'm pretty sure at like at this point like pretty much the only commander that a lot of us creators play these days is on stream mm -hmm. or with other streamers and friends of streamers off stream but it's still yeah. the same decks that we'd play on streams and we're gonna build our decks a lot different than you know the average person at at a shop so yeah it's a good reality check a, a very good example of this, I was playing at my LGS because here's what I like to do. I like to play at my card shop at least once a week and, you know, yada, 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 work-life separation makes it very difficult, <laughs> but um, it, it's kind of hard when your free time and hobby is also your the, job. Yeah. Explaining that to my family is really weird, <laughs> but I, I, I work um, in entertainment. I work in entertainment, but um, this kid I was playing against was playing uh, his Chatterfang deck. And I'm like, ooh, cool, squirrels, love it. And then we were playing, and on turn three, he dropped out a smokestack. And I was like, what? I don't think I've <laughs> ever seen this card on Twitch. I know, and so I was like, I have to remember, like, my perspective is 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 largely shaped by what I see on Twitch, because, and this is gonna make me seem super out of touch, but like because I stream on Twitch, but because like my a lot of my friends happen to be streamers who stream on Twitch or who I've met through Twitter in the community, um, my playgroup are these people. So I tend to like you know kind of shape that around there, and like Spell Table in itself has kind of shaped the way we play the game. Like you don't oh, yeah. want to see opposition agents on Spell Table, and you don't see send triplets on Spell Table. 
we're we're just like not gonna see certain cards so you know all the you know all the content that we make or you know the decks that we build are building just pretending certain cards don't exist yeah as a content creator what's a board wipe like what's a what's a counter spell i i (laughs) i i do build i will say i do build with those in mind yeah um for that for that adjustment but when it comes to like doing the thing it's so it's so difficult because and i think this is also kind of like a thing that you have to learn um the more you deck build is is finding a way to balance um what i consider to be like i don't like using the word staple pieces i don't like that term i would say um kind of like your your commander tool bag like for each color the cards that you need to just make sure that it doesn't implode your deck doesn't implode so like if I'm in white, no matter what, I'm always running in a Chroma's Memorial. I love a Chroma's Memorial. I think it's amazing. I think it's helps. Same thing with Teferi's, not a Chroma's Memorial, a Chroma's Will. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> there we go. Or uh, Teferi's Protection. That's a colorless card. Like you I can know. Run that can you tell I'm all together in present? It's great. <laughs> can you tell that you don't play decks like that? I don't. Because I don't. I, <laughs> I I don't I typically don't do tend to do uh, creature focused decks, and that's something that you love to do. So it's, it's kind like, of interesting. I got one look, and that's it. <laughs> I got one look, and that's it. It's creatures, and creatures, and creatures. <laughs> oh my god! I feel like you're subtweeting my primal surge deck right now, and I'm, it's your primal surge deck. It's your it's your it's got sixty four creatures. Okay, like it's there are more 64? creatures in it now. It's There's up 64? now. 64 creatures, 35 lands. I think if you took your Primal Surge deck and you put it next to my Chandra deck, I think you could very much encapsulate our personalities. <laughs> like one deck to describe your personality with that. It, yeah, I mean, I, I've built my brand off of being big and dumb. Yeah. <laughs> and also knowing what's going to beat my deck so I know what mm-hmm. to have to pay attention to. So... I want to ask you a question because I know in your primal yeah. surge deck, I think that isn't that your only like instant or sorcery in there. You said in your primal surge deck is it's the only spell in the deck that's not a permanent. There we go. Not yeah yeah yeah. yeah um, so what is. happens? What what happens? Because this has happened on our uh, on I think on my stream before at least someone else's um, yeah. where primal surge is just gone. The greatest instance of it has happened on your stream. Yeah, where primal surge is gone. What happens then? Because that's like your your thing. Is like primal surge, dump a bunch of stuff out, win. You don't just dump a bunch of stuff out. You dump the entire deck in order as one action <laughs> that cannot be interacted with. Yeah. Because the whole the whole spell resolves all at once. And then all the triggers go on the stack. It's not as as the card gets into play, you resolve yeah. each ETB individually. The game like takes account of okay, when did this enter? When did that enter? Did this enter before that entered? Like mm-hmm. it it ends the game. But if you try and explain how it ends the game or why it ends the game, you end up with a laundry list. See, so yeah, every every card in the entire deck enters play, and then something happens. But what happens when that primal surge is gone? Because it's happened. Funny you should ask, just because it is the the card that is uh, the main build around and the thing for the deck doesn't mean I cast it very often, if like ever. It's only ever happened like 
five or six times. It just so happens that it happens on camera every time yeah, because that's the beautiful. that's the thing i'm gonna play to the out of the thing for camera mm-hmm. yeah but but most of the time you're just you're looping really good green creatures around each other like salvala and teamer saber tooth and apex devastator and zakama primal calamity are you telling me that your decks plan b is just be green <laughs> Because yeah. I feel like that's what you're saying. It's just for it to be green. <laughs> oh my yes, God. okay. It is to be green, but B, it's just make as much mana as you can and figure it out. <laughs> that's, that's being green. <laughs> it's just to tap, put stuff out there and swing. That's very good. <laughs> if you have Salvala and Teamer Sabretooth, if you can make seven mana, you can... Yeah infinitely replay salvala tap her twice make a lot of mana and then you can just bounce any creature you want and get into like infinite etbs like you can make enough mana to recast zakama over and over again and untap your lands and you know when you untap your lands you get to have more mana to do more stuff or like you yeah you sissy a bunch of times or you use salvala explorer returned and mill out mill out your opponents when you have a prime or when you have a platinum angel in play, like yeah. When I, when your when your deck is like so many one ofs, and you have the ability to see a lot of your deck, mm-hmm. you can just have a gazillion different things and a gazillion different outs at any one time. Oh yeah, you know, like oh sorry. I'm also running survival of the fittest and yeah. fauna shaman and sisse and stuff like that. So I am mm-hmm. seeing the particular pieces that i want more Mm. often than other decks might but you know when you're when you're not running instance when you're not running sorceries and stuff like that all of your interaction is on a creature or it's on an enchantment or it's attached to a land like you have to be a little bit more creative with how you find things so there's a lot more homework that goes into the deck even I would say like that kind of reminds me of like my Alibu deck. Um, you know, it's it's Boros, but I do have access to a lot of top deck manipulation. So I can really quite literally pick and choose my you avenues. Have top, you have top deck manipulation dot deck in the command zone. In the command zone, which again yeah. kind of goes back to what we were saying about like commanders some are easier to build than others like Mm -hmm. alibu itself in my opinion is a very open-ended commander because you have all of that top deck manipulation i mean it it also just says hey play artifacts i don't care what kind of artifacts you play (laughs) so (laughs) do do what you want but Mm -hmm. just play artifacts and there's there's so many different ways to play artifacts like you can do artifact creatures you could do untappy magda stuff like golem tribal yeah you mirrors could. when you know mirrors. What, what have you like when when you have an open-ended theme like just artifacts just enchantments mm-hmm. just play creatures or like i don't know we we haven't really given blue a lot of love like just play instants and sorceries and sling yeah. spells like mm-hmm. you can you can do what you want but when you're open-ended like that you almost have a paralysis of choice yeah. And I think that's a big a big hump that a lot of people have to get over. 
I, th- I think so too. Like, and also like the concept of like, is your thing, I would say largely considered to be unpopular. And when I say that, I'm going to use my Albu deck as a reference. Again, I have, um, Albu wins for those of you who don't know, Albu says whenever, um, an artifact creature attacks, uh, you deal X amount of damage to any target where X is the number of like tapped artifacts you control essentially. Um, so that's a lot of non-combat damage that you're dealing. So with Alibu, um, I run Mycosynth Lattice. Um, and because I was running Mycosynth Lattice, I was like, you know what? Another way for me to kind of prevent myself from losing is I'll put a Karn Lock in there. Or I'll do a Vandal Blast. Or I'll do a Hellkite Tyrant. And that can be a little salt-inducing, but like that's one of the things. Or um, Infect. I put a Grafto Exoskeleton on Alibu. I swing, and if I have uh, 10 tapped artifacts, you're done. You know, game over. I win. That's how you That's how you won your game on extra turns, right? It is how I won my game on extra turns, although I will say it was a little bit snazzier on extra turns because <laughs> I swung at somebody with a with a Blight Steel that was unblockable, and I copied Alibu's uh, infected trigger with a um, Ceronic Resonator. So everybody at the table died to infect. See, like that's cool though. That like, it's cool, but it's salty. <laughs> I can respect that it's salty. I mean, I I think that's a lot more interesting than like I don't know, blight mamba getting in there five turns in a row and <laughs> killing somebody. Like at least everyone's dying at the same time and not having to sit around. Like if you're if you're at a table and like your deck's just misfiring, like you're not doing the thing. Like you're not actively participating in the game, sitting for that like seventy-five to eighty minutes. Mm-hmm. It it can be miserable at times. Yeah. So because Commander is a multiplayer format, you mm-hmm. can't exactly say like you can't exactly scoop it up at any time yourself. Like it's usually an all or nothing sort of thing. I mean, and I think that's kind of interesting. Like in Sam's tweet specifically saying. You know, like I built this deck to do a thing. You stop me. I can't win. I concede. I feel like, well, conceding can also lead to a lot of feels bads thing in the moments. I actually think regardless, even if you're hosed and you don't have a way to figure it out, playing that game and still losing, you learn something from that. There's something to learn in losing. And that's why I really like commanders. I like to lose because if it's, if I lose in a cool way, holy crap, that's a cool story I can tell. And B, I can learn something about my deck or I can learn something about a misplay I did or the way I tap my mana. Or, you know, I realize that, um, you know, Sundial of the Infinite doesn't really work with my commander like I thought I did. Like I'm constantly learning the thing about my decks whenever I play. That <sighs> commander is literally, not even commander, magic is one of the hardest card games, the most complex card games in the world. You're going mean, to constantly it's not even just the, It's not even just the most complicated card game it's the most complicated game yeah in the world like there's there's a reason why there is like no good like ai at magic mm-hmm. because it's too complicated for that's computers. a lie that's rebel rebels get at magic she is the closest <laughs> thing to it how dare you forget about rebel oh sorry, sorry. rebel and I'll, I'll 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 give I'll give Jaggy some pets. Uh, and, and then Hatsune Miku also you. played. <laughs> True. Don't forget Hatsune Miku. Oh, like Ugh. even like 
tradi- like traditional game theory literally cannot explain magic up to a certain point, especially yeah. Commander, because Commander is so, you know, malleable because of four players that, you know, same thing, same thing with poker, like math and science doesn't explain bluffing or anything like that. And that's that come to think of it. That's actually like a really interesting way to look at like how to get out of the hole of not like not doing the thing. Most of the time, like if you're like, if you're not participating in the game, there's very few players who are just going to kick you while you're down. Like if you're, if you're going to get hurt any further in that game, it's going to be accidental or incidental. Like it's going to be, you know, Hey, Jeremy is popping off. Like I need to cast this wrath of God and wrath his board. So don't pl- when it gets to your turn, don't play don't a creature. Play like play yeah. play the setup enchantment so that you can get back into this game instead of the I've creature. It's just gonna die. It's yeah. just gonna die. Like there, there are so many people out there that like they want you to play the game. Like they want yeah. you, they want you to have fun. Like why else would you be there? So they're gonna they're not necessarily going to go out of their way to like help mm-hmm. set you up and like, you know, give you a layup. But they're not gonna they're not gonna try and be out to get you. They're not gonna try and hurt you. Yeah. They're just not gonna and try I mean, and help you actively. <laughs> you can even just like use like I guess like bluffing to your advantage. Like I've done that before in a game of commander where um someone was about to swing at me with like their eight double strike, like I think it was like Ilharg or that it was like a it was the one of the Kamigawa Neon Dynasty aura. It was like the gruel form and they, oh, they, they uh, gave it double strike. I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the aura, the aura guy. They gave it double strike and it was swinging at me and it was like at like an 8 8 or whatever. <laughs> and I was like, they're like, okay, Chase, I'm going to swing at you. And I looked them dead in the eyes and I said, if you swing at me, I'm going to destroy your commander on my turn. And they went, okay, I won't. <laughs> and like, it also like helps to kind of like, you know, like in a sense, you can also play magic like poker, you know, like. You know, bluff. Use use things to your advantage and stuff. Literally, like my Najila deck in a nutshell, which I know has gotten you good every time. It has. Najila is very good. Najila is very interesting because she, her thing is so interesting. Her thing is typically one thing, but you've made it multiple different things as well. People people see surface level. Ooh, I only get warriors. Ooh, I only get extra combat. Yes. Sets. Nah, yes. fam. Like, it nope. just says it, if a player. Or the active player attacking does a thing. They can get things. Mm -hmm. I I just mean like... I I mean, the Najila deck is basically bluffing dot deck because it's all combat interaction. It's all all board interaction and creating interesting board states without making interesting board states in of itself. Like, Grand Melee is, you know, a weird card. But I, I mean more like your comeuppance, your ink shield, your illusionist gambit, you know, arachnogenesis, stuff yeah. like that. Like, you know they're in there, but are they in my hand? I've been drawing mm. a lot of cards. So, like, statistically, one might be there. Yeah. But if just the very idea of that card existing in my hand d- deters you from attacking, like... Mm. Cool. I have more time to keep setting up and like digging for Sun Quan so that I have some sort of way of winning the game. Yeah. And I, I feel like this kind of ties back into like, you know, everything kind of 
comes down to like deck building you know mm-hmm. like in in the game you can only do so much like you don't have a wish board that you can take from and like pull from and like you know suddenly you're fine again like even if you end up losing and your deck doesn't do the thing deck building those things into there like you 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 built that deck to have a lot of interaction and do a lot of different things and it's 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 literally meant to be a boxing match it's not just you kind of doing the whatever little do 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 I don't know what it's called I saw it in Rocky once um but you know the oh yes I, I in my head I was gonna call it a uvula because like cartoon characters would like do that to the uvula but um, <laughs> you know what I mean yeah I, I do I do no it all comes I mean, down to deck building. It, it's all it's all about the homework yeah you know? Some some homework is harder than other homework, but at the end of the day, there's doing homework and then there's practicum. Like the homework is setting up the deck in theory. Playing yeah. the game is seeing what the deck does in practice. And how something is going to perform in theory is going to be different than how it does in practice. And sometimes it's the same. You know, sometimes it is what you expect, but sometimes it's also better. Yeah. Yeah. And that that comes with time and experience. But like if, if you're a new player, if you had to give like one piece of advice, like how to just overnight mm-hmm. make your deck do the thing a little bit more mm-hmm. often, like what what would that one bit of advice be? I would say um, be redundant, run lots of ways if possible. I know we talked about that, but I really cannot stress that enough. Be redundant. In Chandra, I have every single way possible to proliferate. Because that's a good way to help me achieve the thing. Like mm-hmm. build a lot of support beams for the foundation of your deck. Don't make it like um, six pieces to get there. You know, try and streamline it as you can. And if you're going to run six pieces, make sure like they all do the same thing to help you get there. It's not like, okay, I got a piece A. Now I just need B, C, and D and then I'm good. Like, you know, try and try and streamline it as best as you can but also run a lot of redundancy to help you get there. You want options, build a lot of options. And I like in, in CEDH in particular, like the green CEDH decks, a lot of their combos are like one card from column A, one card from column B, one card from column C. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter which card you have from each of those columns. If you have like yeah. one of the six of them mm-hmm. and some of the cards will be in multiple columns and there's your like extra extra redundancy you don't need like i need exactly this card with exactly that card with exactly that card like that's awesome like that is like the big thing like that is that is magical christmas land and you know that might not happen as often as you'd like but when it does it's the coolest thing and you get the coolest story oh exactly like my one takeaway i should say would be um Having a sense of realism, you know, mm-hmm. be realistic with yourself. Like if you're playing a 15 mana six card combo, understand that it might not happen very often. Mm-hmm. But if that, you know, if that like makes the big, you know, the big, nice Johnny chemicals in your brain happy, I'm not going to stop mm-hmm. you. I'm going to encourage you, if anything. But, you know, maybe have some other little things in your deck that also give you that same dopamine rush in a different mm-hmm. way. You yeah. know, something to tide you over while you, f- while you fish through your games trying to do the one thing. Like, you know, like you said earlier, 
yes, Primal Surge is what Primal Surge decks are built around, mm-hmm. but it's not going to happen very often. It's ten, it's a 10-mana sorcery, and depending on the colors you're in, you have no way of tutoring it. Like You have to yeah. find it yourself. So you're going to need other ways to like play the game and enjoy yourself and have fun because otherwise you're just sitting there and like once every 20 games you maybe do something yeah and that's that's not fun that's not fun to just sit through 95 percent of your games and do nothing yeah there's a way that you can still do the thing but still do the thing i (laughs) that's the weirdest way to say it but like you can still you can still play the game and 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 win without doing the thing and you can still Mm -hmm. do the thing and win the game like there's multiple ways to do it you just have to you have to build in that way and i think that's just a mindset that takes a while to learn and and that's that's exactly what sam is saying like when when your deck isn't doing the one like you know the quote-unquote one thing that your deck is designed to do but you know that magical christmas land yeah yeah. (laughs) it's 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 more fun it's more interesting to fly by the seat of your pants and just go for it figure it out as you go because you're gonna find it you know for all you know the thing that you figure out how to like dig yourself out of the hole might be even more fun might be even more exciting than the thing you designed your deck to do in the first place yeah I still learn new interactions with my deck all the time because mm-hmm. I get put into that situation where I'm like, oh crap, <laughs> I I lost this. Let me see if I can climb my way out of this. And like, if you do, dope. If you don't, you learn something that you have the possibility of doing it. Yeah, like the, the, f- the literal first time I played Primal Surge on your stream, mm-hmm. I had Primal Surge milled. <laughs> And I, yeah, I, remember and I was, that. <laughs> I was still, I was still learning the deck at the time. I was like, shoot, I like, I don't know what to do. It's like, oh wait, I have Apex Devastator in my deck, yeah, yeah. which is a walking <laughs> highlight reel. And I was like, I have a lot of mana, like some might say, an infinitely many amount of mana. Yes, I can just play Apex Devastator and bounce it over and over again and recast mm-hmm. it over and over again, and that's basically. Yeah, doing primal surge manually mm. with a ten mana ten ten. Like you can, you can reframe your cards in in such a way mm. to still like find the way to do it. Or like I like I was playing I was playing Jetmir the other day. I was I was mm. testing Jetmir, and I had Legion loyalty get exiled. And like I'm not running Rift Sweeper. I'm not running Pull from Eternity to get it back. It was like mm. it's gone, it's gone. But I was like wait, I can make all of my lands like 22-22 trample indestructible double strikers. Like, I don't need to myriad 55 lands and make, you know, 15,000 damage worth of Valakut triggers to like do the thing. I can can do this and like 50-25-25 trample lifelink double striker vigilance Mm. indestructible animated lands is honestly pretty cool like i'm cool with that i don't need it's nice to know that that exists because now it it means i don't have to tunnel vision on the one thing every game like i i know this other out that i have and yeah that just it comes with experience you know it's different it's different when you're playing a deck for the first time like you are so set on doing you know 
that one cool combo that you thought of, like, you know, think think about the first time that you played Chandra. Think about the first time you played Git Rock Monster. Like, yeah. how you play those decks now is completely different than you played oh, them. Yes. I don't, for the first time, hack even like six months ago. Heck, yeah. last I mean, month you probably play, played them completely different. I did. Like in in uh, Gitrog, I found out that um, my Omnixilis, the I think it's Omnixilis the Fallen, uh, the one with the landfall trigger. He's a wing con because I can just like scape shift mm-hmm. <laughs> and get a bunch of lands and like kill somebody. Or um, in in well, my Alibu welcome to deck. welcome to standard uh, twelve yeah, right. years ago. That was the thing. Crazy. Or like in my uh, in my Alibu deck, I was playing on the EDHX stream, and the, my only wing con was to swing with Blightsteel, and uh, Joey exiled it, and I was like, "Oh, I'm screwed." Fun fact: I had Karn the Great Creator out, and reading your card explains the card because Karn says you may choose an artifact you own from outside the game or in exile and put it yeah, into your. That's hand. like the one application where that ability actually works in Commander. Yeah, and I got my I got my my Blightsteel back, and Joey screamed, and it was great. <laughs> it's just like it's a, it's a learning cycle. You learn your deck as you play it. Mm-hmm. You're you're learning how to play it better. You're learning, okay, like I'm I'm missing this card, or I'm learning I need like two more lands, like 30, mm-hmm. 35, a little bit too low. Yeah, and I think that's kind of what Sam Sweet is 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 ultimately saying is like don't don't give up keep keep attempting keep learning even if there is zero way for you to win you end up learning something about your deck or your play style or maybe even your meta and honestly that information is value valuable to you as a deck builder because it can help you with not only your current deck list but also future decks that you make too or or your other decks you already have even too yeah yeah like it's legitimately nice to know if i'm in a certain situation and i have no out learning that you have no out is like some of the best advice that you can give yourself or some of like the best learning that you can go through. Yeah. It kind of (laughs) sucks, but learning's learning at the end of the day and you're going to do better next time. I think this kind of ties into the tour shows, uh, unofficial (laughs) motto of the first step to being sort of good at something is sucking at something. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks Jake, the dog. You are so prolific. Yeah. Just, you know, be bad. Eventually you'll be good. All right, everybody. Thank you so very much for listening to our first episode of Bad at Magic. Uh, If you don't know who I am, my name is Chase, also known as Mana Curves. I'm a commander content creator. Uh, I stream Paper Commander Thursdays and Sundays at 6 p.m. Eastern. And I do deck building collaboratively Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern on Twitch. I also write articles for Star City Games. And you can find me on Twitter at Mana Curves. And I'm at EK Quiz Cards on all the things. You can support me by supporting our wonderful friends at Elder Dragon Hijinks, Casual Magic with Shivan Bot, and the Commander vs. Crew at Stark City Games. You can find this podcast on all of your favorite podcast platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor FM, everything like that. And you can find this because you're probably watching it on YouTube right now. So don't forget to like and subscribe and do all of the things that make the dings as our good friend Ailey would say. (laughs) Thanks y'all.